What a great day, as I mentioned before, to be in worship together. Today is a very special day uh, in the church universal, in the church all around the world, as we celebrate with Christians everywhere, World Communion Sunday today. And uh, I know it is our, is our practice to always celebrate on the first of the month, and, uh, but we are joined with, with believers from all different denominations around the world, um, celebrating our common faith uh, that we have together. Uh, today is also special for us as we launch a new series called The Basic Four, or as Jack says, The Four Basic, or whatever you want to call it, um, depending on how you read the front of the bulletin. Uh, we are going to be looking at the four basics of the faith. We're going to be looking at belief, uh, baptism, the Bible, and belonging. We want them all to start with B. The belonging actually is membership, so, but that didn't go with the B, so we decided to stick that in there. Um, today, uh, Kathy and I both will be preaching on belief and what it is, uh, importance about belief. Next week, we will both be preaching on baptism. Uh, in the modern service next week, we have an infant baptism and some teenagers remembering their baptism uh, and wanted to be immersed, so it just timed out just right. And uh, we'll be celebrating those things in those services uh, next week. The last two weeks, we will be doing a tag team. So depending on which one you hear, you'll want to stay in that service. So no floating on the last two weeks of October, just so you know. Uh, we will do, uh, Kathy will be preaching on the Bible, and I will be preaching on uh, belonging together. And I hope that you'll really make an effort to be with us um, all four weeks during this series, as it is really uh, pivotal to who we are. Uh, this morning I want to talk about what we believe. And um, now this is, this is a really huge topic. Uh, we could have taken the Apostles' Creed and done the whole thing today because that is a declaration of what we believe. And uh, we may actually do a series on that in the spring. But, um, but what we, we really want to focus on a, a basic question of this. Does it really matter what I believe a as long as I believe in something? Does it really matter what I believe? You know, some people will say, uh, as long as your belief helps you, isn't that all that matters? Well, some people today say, well, that's nice. You know, they, they say, well, my, I believe in this. And they say, well, that's nice. Uh, you believe that, but I, I was raised a different way. I believe something different. And uh, some people say, well, you can have your beliefs and I'll have my beliefs and we'll be just fine. Everybody can be right. Everybody can be happy like this. Well, Josh McDowell writes this. He says, the idea behind statements like this is that there is no absolute truth to believe. Thus, the act of believing is all there is. Uh, you, might, you might call it relativism, uh, which is the theory that there is no objective standard by which truth may be determined. So that truth varies with individuals and circumstances. The truth is we all believe in something. Uh, Edgar Brightman, who's a very smart man that says things in complicated ways, writes this, a thinker cannot divest himself of real convictions, and it is futile to pose as having none. I always feel like I'm supposed to scratch my chin or something after something like that. To say you really don't have any beliefs is actually a statement of belief. To say there are no absolutes is actually an absolute. Have you thought about that? It really gets kind of confusing when you think about it. So does it matter what I believe? The answer is yes. It does matter what you believe. But belief will not create fact. Truth is independent of belief. No matter how hard I may try, believing something will not make it true. 
You follow me? Let me give you an example. I may believe with all my heart that it's going to snow tomorrow, but this will not guarantee snow. Even when the forecasters tell me there's a 100% chance in Richmond Hill, it may not snow. Likely it will not. Or I may believe that my old rundown car is really a brand new Mercedes convertible. But my belief won't change the facts that it's still a rundown old car. You see, belief is only as good as the object in which we put our trust. Someone may come in, uh, come to me and say, well, hey, let's go for a ride in my new plane. And, and I believe that it is safe. But if his plane hardly runs and, and he doesn't have a pilot's license, then my faith, no matter how strong it is, is not very well founded. You follow me? Now, if I have another friend who is a great pilot and has his own license and everything, and he has a great uh, plane that is in good shape, my trust has much more of a solid basis. And in fact, makes it, it makes it true that it would be safe. So it doesn't really matter what I believe. It's what I believe in. The Bible expresses the fact that it is vital what one believes. Jesus said in John 8.24, he says, I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am He. I am He, the Savior, the Messiah. You will indeed die in your sins. A statement, a fact. We are also told in John 3.36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. The stress of Scripture is not so much on the fact of belief as much as the object of belief. What is emphasized is not so much the one trusting, but rather the one trusted. What am I putting my belief in? What do I have faith in? John 14, 6 Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Statements of faith, statements of belief, statements of fact and truth. You know, people today believe whatever they wish to believe, but this will lead them to ultimate destruction if their belief is not in something that is true. There's this epic example of this in the Old Testament. During the darkest days of Israel, uh, Israel's history, it occurred during the time of the kings, and you can find it in 1 Kings 18. It records this, this incredible showdown between Elijah and the priests or prophets of Baal, and the challenge was for each of them to pray down fire from heaven to light this offering that they had prepared on this altar. And um, this was right up the, the prophets of Baal's alley, because Baal was known as the god of the weather, of, of wind and rain and thunderstorms and lightning, and, and they, they were preparing this. So the, the priest of Baal paraded around all morning calling on their god. Uh, they had prepared this. They were jumping. They were shouting. They were cutting themselves to show their incredible devotion and faith. No one could say that they were not sincere. No one could say that they did not believe in Baal, but yet nothing happened. 
And Elijah, if you remember, after they had finished up and given up, right near the end, he started mocking them. It's a great story, 1 Kings 18. You ought to read it if you hadn't already. Elijah takes the same altar. He rebuilds the altar to the Lord God Almighty. He places upon the sacrifice. He tells them to cover it in water until it's flowing over into the trough surrounding it. And then he gets down on his knees and he prays to the one true God. And that one true God came down in fire, lit the altar, and consumed not only the altar and the sacrifice, but the water all around it. If sincerity and belief saved, then these prophets should have been spared. But they were not. Sincerity and belief are not enough. These prophets had their trust in the wrong object. They had not uh, even chosen to investigate the truth. See, God requires man to put his faith in Jesus Christ. Nothing else will satisfy either them or him. But what does that look like? Well, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says it this way. It says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your mouth that you believe and are justified, and it is, excuse me, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, as with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You see, the core of the salvation message is in the assurance declaration, which is, you will be saved. That's what makes the good news good news, is that we have salvation. But hearing the salvation declaration does not mean that you have the assurance. Not just hearing it. The assurance comes from belief in the one who offers it. It's not just knowing the statement. You see, it is, it is a belief that contains two elements. Salvation starts with declaration from your mouth or confession and then that Jesus is Lord, and then it goes on to believe in your heart, to know that you know that you know. But believe what? Whatever we want? I can believe whatever I want about God? No. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That is the only way that we have salvation, is that Jesus was crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected, that he is alive forevermore. That's what eternal life is. It's not the fact that he was able to give his life. It was the fact that it was raised again. Confessing is truly indispensable, and belief in him is pivotal. The one who believes is the one who is saved. What is believed and what is confessed are one thing. To believe and to confess the resurrection is to believe and confess the lordship of Jesus Christ. When we talk about lordship, we're talking about the one that reigns over all. You call him God, you call him master, you call him king, whatever he is, he is the lord of your life. Acknowledgement of the resurrection means more than just holding this intellectual belief. It was a sign of sharing in the life of the Christian community. The Christian community is, in essence, the community of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that binds us together, and the Spirit is the risen Christ. We join this all in one. So you see, anybody, anybody can utter the words, Jesus is Lord. It's not hard. Anybody can say, yes, okay, I'll say it. Jesus is Lord, therefore I'm saved. No. It's unless you say them with the understanding 
that the truth that Jesus died for your sin, he was crucified, he was dead and buried. On the third day, he rose from the grave, just like we, we say in the Apostles' Creed. And he lives forevermore. Unless we declare with our mouths with understanding that this resurrection makes Jesus Lord of all and believe in him and believe in him, we will never know the assurance of salvation for all eternity. We've got to grab onto that and let it transform us. You see, the inward conviction will find outward expression, and it matters. This is what we believe, and this is what really, really matters in life. It matters who you believe in more than what you think, more than what you even hope for. What do you believe in? This morning as we celebrate communion, as I mentioned, with folks all around the world, we come and we receive the cup of our salvation. We remember the words that he was dead, buried, and crucified, and that his body and his blood were broken and shed for us. And we take that as, a, as an action of our belief, of coming in line and saying, this is what I believe. This is what forgives me of my sin. This is what offers me eternal life, not in the bread and juice itself, but in the one who supplied them for us. Will you prepare your hearts for communion this morning?